listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 29th of June 2021. Later, support for New South Wales businesses during the pandemic and the markets. But first, let's talk private health insurance. And you've probably used it less because of the pandemic, and that's despite two premium hikes since October. Well, today, Medibank Private said it is returning around $105 million to approximately 2 million policyholders ranging from up to $52 and up to $175. That's depending on the policy that the members hold. HCF did something similar earlier in the year, but what now and what of the other fund members and other fund companies? I spoke earlier with Steve Mickenbecker from CanStar. Steve, to what extent do you think policy members haven't been making the most of their policies during the pandemic? Look, naturally, they haven't. Uh, there's been fear first up. They don't want to expose themselves. But secondly, some elective surgeries were cancelled. We thought hospitals might be full. And then lockdowns meant they couldn't go to the dentist and the optometrist, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm sure that they've been claiming a lot less than they normally would have done. Okay. So as a result, we've heard from Medibank Private today saying it's going to return some cash to members, just like HCF did earlier in the year. What do you think about it and the numbers? Are they enough? Well, I think it's a great thing to be doing. They're not taking advantage of the situation. They are returning some. Now, remember, they've had two increases. They had one in October that was a cancellation or a postponement from April, and then they had another one in the last April. So they've had two increases. Now, what we saw in the March quarter is that with the advantage of that higher premium coming through from October, their margins have improved. They've gone back up to 15%. They were 13-odd percent pre-COVID. So it looks like their finances are back in order and they're in a position where they can pay. Is it enough? Very difficult to tell from the outside. So we've heard from these two um, health insurance companies. Do you think the others, though, should follow suit? Look, we, the, the numbers I've been quoting are industry numbers. So the industry margin is up to 15%. It looks like they've had repair, having had these two increases, and they should be in a position to hand some back. Now, every fund's going to be different, but the industry looks as if it has some capacity. And just finally, what's your general message to policyholders then for both those that are existing holders or those perhaps looking to renew? Look, every time you're looking to renew, compare. If you're not looking to renew every couple of years, compare. Always look at how your policy stacks up. You don't want to pay too high a premium, and they vary wildly across the industry. Make sure, though, you're getting the cover you need and the cover you expect. Don't skimp on cover to save a bit of money. Steve Mickenbecker there from CanStar. Now, the lockdown around the country will obviously hit many businesses around the country. New South Wales, its government has announced some relief and they include grants of between $5,000 and $10,000, some payroll tax deferrals, the extension of the Dine and Discover vouchers to August the 31st and some further support. For more, here is Alexi Boyd. She's the interim CEO of the Council of Small Businesses of Australia. 
Australia. We're really relieved that this package has been announced fairly quickly and efficiently by the um, New South Wales government. Obviously, the devil's going to be in the detail and there's still some um, information that we're seeking about eligibility criteria in regards to the comparison period. That's a really important piece for small business, but no doubt that information will be coming in the next few days. We're also confident uh, with the use of the Service New South Wales platform to in give out this information. Um, businesses across New South Wales have been pretty confidently using that platform for a number of months now, and it is quite an efficient way to um, give out the information and make sure that the support gets to small businesses quickly. Alexi Boyd there, the interim CEO of Cosboa. Now, despite the lockdown, the Australian share market fell only slightly down 0.1% on the S&P ASX 200. Uh, 7,301 is where it finished. It did hit a low of around 7,240. So there was a bit of a rally in the afternoon. Listed real estate stocks fell, but many of them were ex-dividend today. IT, healthcare, consumer staples and the consumer discretionary sector did well. For more, I spoke earlier with Alex Pakoulis. He is the Chief Investment Officer at Lippmann Bergen. Alex, the market is lower today. Why? Oh, Ricardo, look, the key driver is lower commodity prices, and you saw that starting to come through overnight with oil down around 2%. And the driver of that is concern around the, the reopening of, of economies and this increase in the Delta variant um, that you're seeing in a few places around the world, not just in Australia. So, You've seen UK cases tick up a couple of notches as well. Um, South Africa has gone into a two-week uh, two lockdown. So it's other places other than just Australia, and that's seeing some concerns around the, you know, the reflation and the reopening trade that a lot of people had on. So to what extent do you think this evolving lockdown situation, especially around the country, will further impact investor sentiment? Yeah, look, it's a great question. I don't think it's going to impact investor sentiment hugely. And the reason for that is what markets hate is unknowns. Um, they hate uncertainty. We don't have significant uncertainty this time. We know the playbook. We know that lockdowns ultimately work. And we know that there'll be um, support for the economy through stimulus if we need it. So I don't think it's going to uh, unsettle nerves on the market at this time around. Still, I guess for some time we were talking about this move to value stocks at the beginning of the year or those leveraged to the reopening economy. But now it looks like that investors have returned to growth stocks. So what now? Yeah, look, that's right. A lot of people had that, that reopening trade on, as you say, and everyone was looking for the global economy to accelerate. I think that is on a pause for the moment. It's still our base case that that is the right investment strategy to have over a 12 to 24 month period. But there's no question in my mind that we're in a bit of a holding pattern on that trade for the moment. Interestingly enough, we've been in that holding pattern actually for a couple of months. So global bond yields peaked, uh, you know, US 10 years peaked back in February. Um, so and have declined markedly since then and are now below 1.5%. Um, so there, there has been a pause to this growth economic growth trade for a little while and now this is just impacting that even further add to the uh, to this big mix inflationary expectations and the potential for official interest rates to rise sooner than expected especially in the US how does this play into your investment scheme uh, so th so there's no doubt that what this means is lower rates for a little bit longer and interestingly enough when you saw the fed come out a couple of weeks ago and they moved the dot plot forward. So we're signalling that interest rate 
increases were going to come sooner than they had previously talked about. What that actually did was saw the long end of the curve come down. And the, the, the way that the market was looking at it was, okay, the Fed's not going to be as behind the curve on hiking rates as we thought they were going to be. Therefore, inflation isn't going to be on a long-term basis as high as we thought it was going to be because the Fed's not going to, not going to let it run. Um, what you've seen in the last couple of days with the COVID variant is that's another hit to inflation expectations. And so I think that those two things put together are reducing that long-term inflation expectation. So it does mean, uh, you know, the 10-year the view on interest rates and inflation is lower uh, and a reasonable amount lower now than it was a month ago. Do you reckon it changed for locally? Do you reckon it changes a little bit what the RBA is thinking? Because we'll hear from them next week. Yeah, look, it, it does. I mean, the RBA have played a, a, a pretty consistent playbook, and I think that they'll uh, they'll stick to it. And it's all around, you know, in, insuring jobs and and similar to the Fed, you know, they've sort of said we'll be there with support when it's needed. So I don't expect the RBA to to vary a lot from what the script has been. Just finally, so in this environment, what do you like right now? So as I said, we still like the reopening trade on a 12 to 24-month view. So how do you play that? You you play that through cyclicals, uh, global banks. We like, we still think they're looking like very good value um, and we still like resource names as well, copper in particular. But we are balancing that off. You know, we're not we're not all out of growth. I think I think you still want to stick with select growth. You just got to be careful around valuation, particularly in technology. And the last thing I'd add to the question is, with lower for longer interest rates, the hunt for yield is going to stay um, stay alive and well. The way we've been tackling that hunt for yield is through private debt. Alex Pakoulis there from Lippmann-Bergen. That is SBS on the money. Don't forget you can listen to this stream as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, the SBS radio app and Spotify, and there's more on On the Money on SBS World News at 6.30. This SBS on the money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.